Raising boys. How hard can that be? Stick around and we'll talk about that with a mom who's doing just that. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, a podcast about the people here at McGregor, their stories, their ministry, and their love for Jesus. My name is Martin Bricker, and if this is your first time to the show, welcome. And if you're enjoying the Here at Home podcast, I would encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. That way you'll get each new episode delivered right to your podcast player. So join me in welcoming our guest for today's podcast, Tamar Miller. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's so good to be here. And this is a special show. It is. I mean, it's special because you're on it. Thank you. But it's also special because this is our final episode of season one of the Here at Home podcast. Grand finale. The grand finale. <laughs> Let's hope it's grand, right? I yes, know. I think it will Wait, be grand. Please. And I'm glad you're here. Thank you for having uh, me. Yeah. And I know you've been wanting to be on the show. And, I just uh, do. I felt left out. And, and since we have history in podcasting. Yes, we've co-hosted a podcast mm-hmm. many, many years ago. Years back in our younger days, when podcasting was really not a thing yet. It wasn't. That, uh, yep. Actually, it was a podcast that I did with your husband, yes. but you filled in a couple times. Good. And it was the Mark and Miller Show. Because we have the same last name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. <laughs> 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 All right. So I know a lot of people listening know mm-hmm. Tamar, but there's going to be yeah. some folks that don't know you very well at mm-hmm. all. So let's let them get to know you. Where were you born? I was born in Richmond, California, Northern California, but I was raised in Phoenix, Arizona. Richmond, like north like, of San Francisco? Yeah, like or? outside the Bay Area, okay. Oakland. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Didn't live there very long. No. And then yeah. moved to Phoenix? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Glendale, to be exact, which right. nobody knew about Glendale until they put a big stadium, stadium there. there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Went to Phoenix Christian High School, graduated, and then moved back to California where I did my undergraduate work and... Um, then my my mom had moved to Texas, and that's how I got to Texas uh, right after I graduated from college. So, so you were pretty much an out west girl. I was. Until I was. So you moved to Texas. I know, and I, I I cried and kicked and screamed the whole time I went there because I just knew that what is in Texas, not knowing my husband was going to be there. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about how you guys met, and uh, then you can tell us a little bit about your family. Okay. Uh, Dave and I met at church, which is so cliche when you're married to a pastor, um, but it really happened that way. And I had uh, I was saved when I was 21. I just finished college, was uh, just at the end of my rope, and um, just in a miserable place, even though I'd been exposed to Christian things most of my life. And so uh, God saved me, and I literally asked my mom, hey, mom, where you been going to church? I've got to get involved. I mean, I had such a strong desire to get involved with the people of God and to learn more about God's Word. And so she said, well, I've been checking out this church, you know, Lake Point. You know, I don't know yet. And so let me go try. And I just went by myself, found um, basically the someone that would be like an education pastor and said, I'm not really a college student anymore. And so he introduced me to people in the singles ministry. But... Eventually, within a few months, I got involved in the student ministry, which is where I met David, uh, my husband, because he was the student pastor there, and went on my first mission trip with students and hmm. to Mexico, which it's almost unheard of now. And just we began to develop a, a friendship and a relationship. But apparently, he noticed me years before. I hadn't been um, really noticeable of him at the time. And so I don't think I was ready to be in ministry as far as to consider being married to a pastor. That's a... It's a very difficult um, 
decision, not because I didn't have other things I was involved with, but because it affects you a little bit more than other career callings. And so um, it took a little time, but we really, we met, dated, engaged, and married within a year and a half. So it's pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. And, and the Lord started us at a new church um, for about five years where we just got acclimated to being married and figuring out life. Back up. Uh, so how- you, you said you were saved at 21. Mm-hmm. Were you in college at that time? I, I just graduated just from graduated. college. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So was, was it before you moved to Texas or? It was actually right after I moved to Texas. Okay. It's I, I, It was a moment where, a few moments where God removed me from anything that I had been codependent upon mm. um, and, and was left with nothing but to cry out to him because I had had it with my miserable existence at the time. Mm. And I literally said, God, if you want to do something with my life, I need you to either take it or use it and he chose to use it and take it at the same time I guess Mm. and not ever realizing he would draw me to some of the ministries that I'm a part of today Um, but you know when I when I married David I was like "Um, I'm ready to do a master's Uh, I'm going to you know be in business and corporate America and all this and he was so supportive took four years to do that and thought I was gonna go on one track until you called us to come out to Fort Myers, but that's a whole nother podcast episode. But it really is neat how God works those things out. But yeah. do so when when yeah, twenty one and as God got a hold of your life yeah. at that point, you had no idea what was in, what was in what but was it ahead. And yeah, what I've tried to tell, especially young women, it's just like there's something about when you come to know Christ that you really have a desire. Uh, to be with the people of God. All of a sudden, I wanted to know more about God's Word. I wanted to know what it meant to tithe. I wanted to know what it meant to be in ministry. Even though I'd been exposed to a lot of those things, it was so different when it becomes a personal relationship with Christ and you start understanding what that means. And it's not, you know, your parents' face coattail or, you know, or just a moral book of God's law. It really is, well, there's something more here. This really, you know, this Savior died for me and therefore you give your life to him. So that really was an exciting, I wanted decision-making to be different. Um, so a true transformation. Things. It really was, taking really place. was. Yeah, that's neat. So how long have y'all been married now? We will be married, 24 years, we'll be married 25 years in January. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. This January, 25. This, this January. Silver, right? I don't know. Isn't that what it is? I did ask, oh, I did ask for some jewelry. I think 25 is silver. Okay. You can look I'll it up, have to but look into that. yeah, they have they have the the traditional, yeah. and now they have the the modern. Mm-hmm. So the modern's uh, probably like bamboo. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm making that up. What's I have that? no idea. Bamboo. But I, think, yeah. but I think silver is is the 25th. Okay. So yeah, well, think about that. So tell us about your children. Well, uh, a good 18 of those years have been spent uh, being a mom <laughs> to two boys. I we have a it's, we probably won't do much for our anniversary because our oldest is in college and. It's second astride. No, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> know he's he's graciously has received some scholarships, so he's helping pay for it. But yeah, he's up in Orlando, so we are in a very interesting transition. I'd mm-hmm. love to say it's going um, extremely well, but it's been hard. I've missed him, mm-hmm. um, and just our family has changed. And so uh, he graduated uh, from Southwest Florida Christian Academy, and so it was exciting. And then our youngest is 16. Um, he is, uh, will stay with us for quite a while. He lives with a neurological disorder. So he is at a special education school uh, in the area. And so that has been our experience of the last 18 years. Um, Are you trying to shelter them because you didn't give their names? And that guy? I am. I, I just want to. <laughs> in case you say anything you later. Know, there's you know? just, yeah. <laughs> they can't actually say, I heard your mom talking about you. I never said their name. 
What are some of the things that uh, you have done since arriving here at McGregor and in, in the areas of yep. ministry and service? Well, when when we moved here five years into our marriage, uh, we moved here, and it, I mean, Mark well, I really did. Mark and Macy were the first two people that we'd ever met, and we loved them. Out in Texas, I know, out in Texas, at a mall. Yes, at a Mexican food restaurant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it really was neat. What year we was met that? You. That was well. We moved here in 2002, so it would have had to have been nine months before then. So I guess 2001. Mm -hmm. Wow, so 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. We had that yeah. faithful yeah. lunch at the Mexican yep. restaurant. Yes. And, and didn't know that that God was gonna be moving us from Texas. Uh, that was just our life at that point. We were involved in a, a wonderful church. and um, But when we moved here, it was interesting because I really was just kind of flopping around. We knew we wanted to attempt to have some children. And so we kind of thought, well, let's, we wanted together, we made the decision for me to stay home. And so really that first year before I had Anthony, Anthony he said his name. I know, um, but because I, I got pregnant within a couple of months of us moving here, that first year really was just used to begin to build what was going to be a ministry that I didn't even know was going to exist. That's really what it came down to, um, and that was uh, women's ministry involvement. Which again, I can thank you for that. <laughs> I'd never been a part of a women's ministry, barely had ever done a women's Bible study. And you're like, let's just direct the women's ministry. How hard can that I be? I know how hard, and I start <laughs> you're, laughing. You're, you're wanting to run a corporation and, yes, before you came and, here. Come on. Come on, women's ministry. Um, and so that started actually um, what God would have me do. is not just direct, but really begin to develop a love for teaching God's word. And, and that year was spent pouring over scripture and learning it and really coming to terms with what it meant. And, and it just started pouring out. Like, I just, I got to talk to people about this. And so over the last 18 years, I've been teaching God's word. Uh, David gave me a little taste of it to students and it, I was Terrible. I mean, I just, they knew more than I did. And I thought, this is ridiculous, but it really was just a start for me uh, to, to be excited about God's Word. It's one of the toughest books you could teach because it's, you're called upon to live it out and practice and, and then be transparent and vulnerable with it. But it really is um, a book that I just can't imagine living life mm. without it. Um, and so to, the privilege of teaching it and being a part of women's ministry groups has been really a, truly an honor over the years that I could have never chosen for myself, I guess. Well, God has gifted you in that area of teaching. Oh, thank you. you I know, and hopefully that will lead to writing and, and doing, I, I really enjoy writing and writing about the Bible and using it to draw women to, to really search out the scriptures, so. Well, let's get to the topic of our podcast yeah. today, Raising Boys. And, yep. and we do have this in common because the makeup of my family was mm -hmm. two boys. Two boys. Yep. yep. And so uh, my mom did a pretty good job, mm -hmm. I think. And I she think, did. And I <laughs> thank you. Well, I'll thank her. <laughs> you're not half bad. Uh, and I think I think you're doing a good job as well. But being a being a mom mm -hmm. slash parent, because mm -hmm. if you're listening and you're a dad, you know this much of what you're going to say applies to dads as well. But yeah. it's a huge it's a huge responsibility. It's a huge task. The stewardship that the Lord has given you mm -hmm. as as a parent. Um, have there been times where you've felt a little uh, overwhelmed, underprepared, stressed, I can't make it, or has it all just been pretty smooth sailing for tomorrow? Well, when I was a senior in high school, I was voted most likely to worry about nothing in particular, and that has been heightened as being a, a mom to they, be. They had that yeah, as a superlative? apparently. Wow. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I got that, so. The most Yeah, I, it wasn't a ringing endorsement, <laughs> so it's something I battle. Get that uh, on your T-shirt. I yeah. know. Um, 
Yes, it's, uh, I'm not, uh, how, do I, how do I say this? I'm not really wired to be a natural mom. Uh, there's many women that, gosh, they just know how to nurture and they just love it. And um, they just feel called to that. And I feel like I, it was hard because I wanted to look at the experience as a project to complete. And it's a process that continues <laughs> and grows. And, you know, yeah. and I don't say that I'm so honored and privileged that the Lord would give me two boys. And then there's times like, oh, my goodness, God, you could have picked so many other people, just like you could have picked someone that's done a much better job with raising boys. But um, it really is a, a passion for me. I wanted to ask both my boys, what, what would you have me say today? You know, being, you know, a <laughs> of a mom with boys, but I didn't get a chance to talk to them because I feel like it is a calling and a role that is truly a blessing from the Lord, but blessings take a lot of work sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't know it would be so personal. I didn't know it would be so public. I didn't know it would um, affect me so much with emotions and with um, what I desire. Um, the times that I have struggled with idolatry has been tied to my kids. Mm -hmm. The devotion that you have to be devoted to your heavenly father can, can all of a sudden the boys can replace that, not because they're trying to, but just different seasons of life. A, a special needs child can take up extra time and you then get into idolatry thing. I just need to fix them or I just need to, to you know, solve this problem. And it's not a problem. It's just a process that you mm -hmm. go through to, um, so that's been, yeah, I, I have felt insecure. I have felt inadequate, but most of all, I've been reminded of my need for Christ, hmm. for the gospel message, um, to be reminded, to give myself some grace, but to, to really be, um, used of God to, to help others, to encourage others. Um, sometimes I have times where I've said, ladies, uh, I want to help you be a better mom. Um, so I'm going to make you feel better by knowing that both my children have been suspended from school. They've both seen the principles. They've both done, you know, <laughs> we're not exempt. Yeah. Just because we're in ministry, uh, we're not exempt from all the things that, you know, people go through for parenting. Well, I think that would be our desire today that people, especially yeah. moms listening, would be encouraged that, okay, yeah. Tamar's kids got suspended. <laughs> Okay, I, you know. I'm, yeah, dad's been on the school board, mom's been <laughs> teaching there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just take care of it. Yeah. We need help. We yeah. need help. Everybody needs help. What are some things, though, and in, in, in you can, we can talk mm -hmm. about several of these, but what are some things that you have learned over the years as, as, a, as a mom, as a parent, yeah. and raising boys? Well, it doesn't take long uh, to see your little, sweet, darling, wonderfully made child um, his sin nature to come out at a very young age and where, you know, at a year and a half can go, oh my word, you are a sinner and need a savior and it is not going to be me. Um, and so I think throughout the, the years, not only have I been reminded of my need for God, I've been reminded of the boy's need for God mm -hmm. and for his word. And so practically what I would encourage moms is that you first and foremost stay in God's word um, I know a lot of times it's like, oh, I just don't have time. No, you make time because you'll be a better mom or you'll be able to respond better um, or, or be reminded that you're not responding well. So you seek forgiveness. Um, but God's word is going to keep reminding you not of how your child should be, you, you hope would be acting, but really how God has responded to us as children um, in the way he responds with unconditional love and discipline and grace and mercy, but just the importance of relationship. And so I would start with that. And then Dave and I are huge 
um, proponents. And, and I will tell you, my husband is, has just been so instrumental for raising our boys and, and to help me. I didn't have any brothers, so it's, there's times I'll just go, <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on with all of that. you know. And he's like, well, just don't act surprised. Just get a poker face, don't act surprised. And if they don't know why they did it, they really don't know. <laughs> so you <laughs> just figure out and um, some basic male psychology yes, just, here. Yes, yes. <laughs> this just they need some time. Leave them alone. Okay. Um, so what we we do is we've been doing with our boys at the um, dinner table right after dinner, but before uh, we eat dessert is a family worship time, and it really is just a very simple time of you read a little passage of scripture, you talk about it, you you tie it to of course the gospel message, uh, you sing some songs, and you pray, and and yeah, with that you. You talk about some things, but it's amazing what can um, come about even, hey, you know, what did you learn in life group today? Or what was something that was a, your favorite part of your day? Or what was the hardest part of your day? So that was something that was very important to us growing through all the years. And there were times that we were all so mad at each other. And we thought, no, we're doing this because the enemy loves to get in those moments to just say, no, let's let's just, you know, this is ridiculous. You don't need to raise these boys knowing about Jesus and his word and the importance of family worship. So that was something that our love for God's word, our love for the gospel, trying to get our, our boys on board with loving God and, and Christ. That's kind of how we did that. Um, how long did you, have you been doing that family worship? It's been at least at least the last 15 years um wow. it just because i remember carson was so small we had just gotten his diagnosis and he would just scream the whole time mm. well you and 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 aunt macy as we call as we call y'all uncle mark aunt macy you were a part of one one time i think carson screamed the whole time and we just had to keep going <laughs> yep. you know we had to just keep going and, and eventually it, it it gets it gets a little easier but that's that's the hardest part is not to give up in parenting, not to give up on trying to do what's right and what's best. And I've made a lot of mistakes, but uh, something else that I think I would encourage is for, for women to really not be afraid to make mistakes and then admit those mistakes mm. to even say, I'm, I'm sorry, boys, mommy, it was just, I did not respond well today. Can you please forgive me? Um, and then it's because so quickly we want to say, oh, just say you're sorry. I don't want to say I'm sorry. I mean, Anthony would say that. I don't want to say I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> you know, so it's like you had to think through, no, no, there's something deeper here. It's it's really the message of the gospel, yeah. forgiveness and grace. And, um, you know, so that was important to that piece of it. That's if I ever wrote notes and I wrote a lot of notes to my boys, um, my oldest would always keep the ones where I apologized mm. for responding poorly to him. Yeah. And I think, too, what you just said, being able to tie in those situations to make them teachable mm -hmm. moments to, yeah. to to go back to the gospel or to go back mm -hmm. to what the Bible says about this yeah. and use those moments. And I think you're real good at that. And I'm sure you've gotten better over time, but oh it's goodness. easier just Trying. to yeah. go to your room and mm -hmm. whatever than actually deal with yeah. it in a way that can yeah. can can honor the Lord and, and benefit the yep. child. Yeah, because these really are two of my favorite disciples that I really want to see to follow Christ. And it looks different for our youngest than our oldest. And um, we know that, you know, as they get older, they're going to, we want the faith to be their own. Mm. We want them. And we're right. so grateful for this church because so many families over the years, this has been our family. All of our family has lived in other states uh, for all these years and, and just you know, the, the ministries that have ministered to both the boys and Carson's always had to have a buddy and um, just to care for him and, and God has provided gratefully and faithfully through all these years. And it truly is a testimony of the work of the, the church and God through the church. So, 
one of my, and we'll keep, I'll let you keep yeah. going in a second, but just a quick sidebar. You've uh, gone with us several times to Guatemala mm -hmm. on our medical mission trip. Yep. And uh, it's always great to have you. You're a lot of fun on that trip. But sitting around the dinner table at night, you're, mm -hmm. uh, if you're sitting at Tamar's table, you're yep. going to go around the table and okay. say, what was, was the favorite, favorite thing? Part? Yep, was <laughs> favorite part of your day. Yeah. And that was always a part of our family worship. And, and you know, it's interesting you bring that up because that's, that's one of the commonalities that I found every mission trip I went on to. It was moms exist everywhere mm -hmm. and they care for their kids um, for the most part. I know there's exceptions to that, but it really is a, um, a, a common shared kindred spirit that we have mm -hmm. just watching different um, ladies in different countries just care for their kids and you just have a heart for them regardless of, of ethnicity or background or, right. or you know economic level. It was just... God has gifted you with a, you know, bless you with a child and you want to care for that child. And I just saw how difficult it is to care for children, especially in Guatemala and the moms coming in just wanting. And so that was always meaningful for me. I just, we all share that. We want to care for our kids yeah. and um, trusting God for that is very difficult sometimes. So what else you got? Well, I also, um, the idea of, um, you know, in stages of life, you kind of, as a, as a mom, in, is you, you want to provide for your child, you want to protect them, but ultimately you want to prepare them to, to move forward out of the house. That's been hard for me uh, because I want to keep protecting and providing. Um, but really it's about praying. I um, the, the prayer time for your children to be so uh, intentional um, that really goes beyond. I knew that God was bringing me to a, no, a new level of praying for my children when it wasn't so much about the grade that they got, though important, or the sport that they played and winning, or um, even playing well with your friends or all that, but when it began to be, man, God, I just want them to follow you. I want them to be passionate about your word, about um, serving you, about following after you. Um, I just want that for them. I want them to be saved. I want them to go to heaven. I can't do that. We're called to be stewards and shepherds of them, but only God can save them. And I think that's when you begin to build that into your prayers, read scripture and then pray the scripture. You know, that makes such a difference sometimes when you just fall at a loss. My you know? mom, and I, just as a word of encouragement mm -hmm. as you're talking about this prayer, and I've, I've shared this many mm -hmm. times. I'm gonna actually pull this, this up, but she prayed for me uh, somewhere early on in high school all the way through I graduating for graduating mm. from college, uh, Paul's prayer in, in Colossians mm -hmm. chapter one. She called it the life changing prayer, and so mm. she just personalized it. Instead of how Paul's yeah. praying for them, she she would just put, insert my name mm -hmm. in that. I didn't know she was doing this until after I got married. She told me mm. that, and there were seasons during those years where I was in the far country, so to speak, yeah. away from the Lord. But mm -hmm. I had a mom that was committed to praying daily for me, that, that scripture prayer that Paul prayed for that church. Oh. And uh, so I just, a, a word of encouragement, you know, that, yeah. you know, keep, keep on, <laughs> keep on praying. And anybody that's listening, moms or dads, yeah. you know, the power of, of, of praying for your children, yeah. uh, because I'm, I'm grateful for a mom that did that, that I don't know where I might yeah. have ended up, but I'm so grateful that she took the time to do that. So just wanted to encourage you with that. Well, thank you. And I, you know, it, your wife, your sweet wife, Macy, she told me when Anthony was just in my womb, she said, you just tell him every day that you love him and that Jesus loves him. And I've done that for our children as much as every day can be a part of that. But if you were to ask my kids, especially our oldest, 
he doesn't, I don't even have to tell him I'm praying for him. So he'll just say, I know mom, I know you're praying, you're praying for, for me. <laughs> you know, and sometimes I'll let him know what I'm praying for. And, but it's, it's now he's mom, I know you're praying for me. So can you specifically pray for this? Or I absolutely, I'm going to stop right now and do that. And I pray of course for a lot of other people, but, um, and, and with that, that's, that's the way you also encourage them. I do, I do. I would recommend that moms find a unique way to encourage their children. Mm. For me, it was, you know, little notes on sandwich baggies. I made lunches for them. I enjoyed it. I'd make little notes, whatever I was thinking about that day, or if I knew they had a test or something was stressing them, you know, that was just a way. And I'd say, I love you. You know, God loves you. And so if, you know, you like to encourage them with little gifts or just creative ways that specifically shows them a way to encourage mm. um, them. But I, I also encourage that there's something about setting the tone in the home. Your your wife has done has explained that to me as well, because it really does make a difference on how not only does a spouse come home and go, man, I want to feel like I can relax. and But your home, you want it to be a home, a refuge, that whatever they face that day, which is a lot of strain and stress sometimes, especially in teenagers, it's very tough to be a teenager right now, mm-hmm. um, that they can just feel like they can be at home, even talk about things that, um, you know, that they don't meanly have to be ridiculed for or whatever, but that you create a, a safe place for them to, to be able to even be themselves, even if it ends in a fight or whatever, but they have that place that they would know no matter what, people love us and people love them and they can be themselves. Um, You know, and with that comes uh, the repentance and modeling that, that really does have to be modeled. The Thanksgiving, being grateful for things that has to be modeled. but the other thing that, and, and you and I were talking about this before we got on this this podcast, is I, I really came to understand, even though I haven't practiced it perfectly, but the importance of respecting my sons as they've gotten older, especially, that they really are preparing for what is to be that love and respect. The, the husband loves the wife, the wife respects the husband, as, as in you know, Ephesians this talks about that, and you're preparing that son to, to know what it means to be a man, what it, that you have what it takes, that this isn't a valuable role that you've been given by God and to respect that. And the times that I've um, almost like babying my kids or nagging at them or just treating them as if they're dumb, I don't know how else to say that. It's just like that's disrespecting them. And so when I've said, man, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm disrespecting you. It, it just it just changes the, the attitude, the tone a little bit like, yeah, because they already know I love them. I give my life for them. They don't need to know that. But they want to know that I really do um, admire them and respect them for what God is doing in their life, for what God has for them in the future, and that they really can be a, a godly man that can serve God and, and care for his family. And so respect so that, is a big Yeah, part that same that. wisdom that you know we've heard now for several years mm-hmm. from Emerson Eggerich mm-hmm. that uh, Wives, respect, yeah. you know, show respect to your husband. That's more important than mm-hmm. feeling love or saying that you right. love them. That I hadn't thought of that, but that mm-hmm. definitely would apply to, to the boys, boys, especially as they get a little bit older yeah. and make that begin making that yeah. transition into manhood. So what a great, uh, great word. Yeah, because think about it. Moms technically should be the first woman that loves the son and the first woman the son loves. Hmm. So they're, you know, whether that be an absent mom or a mom that almost suffocates or anywhere in between, they're still getting um, an idea of, well, what should this look like look, for the future? Right. And and again, oh my word, I just, God is so gracious and, and my boys are so forgiving. Um, but 
the, the time like, ah, oh, I could have done that so much better. But you just kind of keep coming back at it. Sometimes you're like, we just need to hug. I don't, I don't know what else to do. We just need to hug. Um, so that's really kind of. Those are great. The, great, great yeah. thoughts, great ideas. Uh, things things tomorrow maybe has learned the hard way. Yeah. You can, they can hear. And, I'm uh, still in the thick of it. Yeah. yeah, I wish I could say I'm past all that. I know you're a, a reader. What are some, some, some books and resources that uh, you found helpful that we could recommend? Well, I feel like reading is so um, old fashioned now. It seems like unless it's, you know, oh, am I, you following so-and-so on, you know, Instagram or Twitter and I'm not a social media person. So I get in the old fashioned books, but you know, there's what? The electronic books and yeah. everything. So -books, yeah. there's quite a few books based on stages of life or, you know, like if you have a strong willed child, of course, there's always plenty. But what I have for overall, um, just books in general for a mom of boys, what I recommend is, of course, Dr. James Dobson, Bringing Up Boys. Yeah. He has one for bringing up girls as well. But um, be, just be cautious when you read it too early in life, it scares you to death. But then you realize, oh, yes, this is happening quickly. <laughs> and if, if you aren't already aware, kids are learning about the culture, this world through social media faster than you want them to. Yeah. And you have to be ready for that. They're gonna learn it from somewhere, so you might as well just be ready for it. The other one is called The Mother and Son Respect Factor by Egridges that wrote Love and Respect, mm -hmm. and it really is specifically tied to very similar pattern, what what the young man, um, what they're interested in, what how they're made up, and then how you respect them in those areas as a mom to son to prepare them. So that one is a really great book. What was the name of that one again? Mother and Son, The Respect Fa Effect. Excuse me, respect The Respect Effect. effect. Okay. I think I said factor and I mess that up. Finally, this one was a very instrumental book to me just in the last couple years. I almost got it too late in life. So I would recommend it. It is a book for those getting into the teen years of boys. And if if you aren't ready for it, hang on, because it is a rough ride. Mm. Um, my two boys are very different. They're, we really are on opposite ends of the spectrum. So, um, you know, my oldest being 16 versus my youngest being 16 has been a very different experience. So uh, we've had to respond differently. But but this book can be also for moms of girls because it's called Tough Guys and Drama Queens. Tough Guys <laughs> and Drama Queens by Mark Gregston. And um, he's a Christian. It is a, it's written by a Christian author, but it's really a practical book to help you understand what teenagers are facing, um, why maybe the fights break out, why you can't seem to connect with them. And it's really all about how to best build the relationship uh, with your student and still, it's not about, oh, they take over and no, 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 it really is trying to still care for those last few years to prepare for them. Mm. And it's written by a man who he and his wife have a have a place in Texas basically for many uh, students who the parents just can't parent anymore and they don't know what to do with them. And so they send these teenagers to this this home for a year to go through a program. And oh, wow. So he's out of that experience for many years. He writes to parents going, I wish you would just, if you could just learn this, mm. you know, if you could just, even how you ask questions. And he gives a lot of practical things on how to, even questions to try to open your child up a little bit. And I just, it was a very instrumental book for me, even though. Like I said, it was just, I got it a little too late, but. <laughs> Sounds like know. a very valuable resource. It is, it really yeah. is, and I would recommend that one, so. And that is part of the, I guess, the the fear, not the fear, but the scary part mm -hmm. of parenting today, is, especially if you've got little ones, mm -hmm. knowing the how rapidly changing yeah. our world is, mm -hmm. moving away from, because it used to be that you would at least have some of the same values mm -hmm. you taught in the yep. home reinforced outside yeah. of the home, but. Now it's yeah. quite the opposite and it's just yeah. getting worse. And so what they're gonna hear about Jesus and yes. what they're gonna know about God's word 
is going to come from the home primarily, and yeah. hopefully, if they're in a Bible-believing church, yep. a little bit there as well. So Absolutely. the 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 level of responsibilities just continue to rise and rise mm -hmm. as far as what parents and yeah. their involvement in discipling their kids' life it has yeah. to be. And it always has, yeah. but it really now that just is so important. Well, and, and we're just we're we're an earbud society, you know, facing screens, um, mm -hmm. and so face to face interaction is just harder and harder. Um, of course, it's, it's a running joke in my family when they were all in there. It'd be like, everyone has earbuds on. Is nobody <laughs> listening to me? I'm talking, and I'll go, what? what? You know, dinner ready. So, um, so I get that. That usually there needs to be a device in the yeah. home where you can override and it goes into their earbuds. <laughs> it's like there's a button. You, you have your yeah. own mic. <laughs> you, All right, you really attention. have to go and I have to, you know, put their your hands on their shoulders, going, "Are you listening to me? Uh, Wake up!" So yeah, it's and you know, David and I made many decisions over the years that was very different than most parents. It's not to say we were right or wrong. Um, Electronics was one that we tried to delay as much as possible. We were like the worst parents of a teenager because, you know, <laughs> Anthony was the only one that didn't have a phone by the age of four um, or whatever. But, um, you know, we, we still stand by that. I'm not saying that, but it was just we still wanted to feel like we had a, an influence. But kids are smart. Uh, in, a, in an interesting way, and, and they're being—I'm convinced that if 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 parents are following Christ with their whole heart, and they truly want to raise their kids to love Jesus, um, the the uh, the culture, the enemy, and the flesh fight against you constantly. Mm. There's a battle that is Absolutely. so strong yes. for the heart of our teenagers, and because it's the next generation, these boys are a next generation, mm. and um, it's it's just an interesting process. I didn't ask you this beforehand, mm -hmm. but uh, would you be open if anybody wanted to email you with a question or oh, sure. get together that's struggling with yeah. some of these same things? Yep. All right. They can come to our women's ministry on Wednesday nights come too. To, they can meet you I there. Know. Yep. On there on Wednesdays. Yep. Tamar.miller at SFCA. <laughs> not, I don't know what your email is. It's okay. <laughs> it's there. I know. I have a McGregor email. That's right. Well, yeah. some people, oh, is it? Yeah, I do. Okay. Tamar.miller at McGregor.net. Mm -hmm. Okay. There you go, It folks. comes to my SFCA email. But. And you are the registrar at SFCA, mm -hmm. in case people didn't know that. So. I know. If you want your children yeah. to come to our school, yeah, yeah. it's been neat the way God's done that. One Any, last little tidbit. I, okay, I, I was, I was thinking, I, just a little tidbit. I find it interesting. You know, I'm one that, again, I like to look at details. I'm pretty detailed. Mm-hmm. And so, um, unfortunately, my husband gets to hear a lot of details that have nothing to do with anything. But um, <laughs> as a mom, especially the last few years, the Lord brings me back to the Garden of Eden a whole lot, um, before the fall and after the fall. And I get fascinated with just kind of watching the interaction between the, 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 the first husband and wife, the first man and woman, especially because it's the original design. And then there are two boys coming afterwards, probably why. And I find it interesting that Eve's first relationship with a human being was with her husband. Yes, they had a relationship with God, but I mean, as a human being, it was with her husband. But after the fall, the curse of the woman actually began with how she would be affected as a mother mm -hmm. before how she would be affected as a wife. And um, of course, it says pain and childbearing. I always say chain, you know, pain and child rearing as well. <laughs> but I think it's because that was going to become such a, a valuable piece. I mean, Eve is the mother of all living um, persons. Mm -hmm. And I think it just showed that she was going to have such a passion for her children. And yet she was going to find out 
that again, she could not save one over the other, that the sin was still going to be rampant. And it started with the two boys and she was going to have to fight for that, you know, and yet God still blessed them. And, and Seth would be the one that, um, the, the, the line of Christ mm-hmm. that Jesus would come through. But there's just something interesting about the first family and, and how much she would be affected um, with mothering. Um, and so. And we're still, you're still feeling yeah. those effects. Yeah. yeah. And we need Jesus. And we all need Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks again for being on the Here at Home podcast. I think this wraps up another episode of... The finale. The finale. Exactly. (laughs) I can't wait to find out what you're going to do in 2020. Season two, yes. But before season two, we have a very special Christmas podcast coming, premiering December the 2nd. So get that in your calendar, write that down, December the 2nd. It's going to be part of our McGregor podcast, and uh, I'm not going to tell you any more, but it's going to be good. It's going to be be four or five episodes, Christian, four episodes, and they're going to all be released at the same time. On December the second, so you can. Are you can have watch Rudolph all you, four. Do you got an interview with Rudolph? No Rudolph this year. Santa Claus. Nope, not even Santa Claus. We'll do that next year, okay. you and me. Yeah, we'll do that. That'll be our yeah. I'll be Christmas. waiting. Yeah. I'll wait for the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> Are you subscribed to the Here at Home podcast? Sure. Sure. I just pull it up on the website, just, right? I don't know. Oh, that's how I you don't listen. Know how you subscribe? You don't listen on your phone. Oh my goodness. Have you seen my phone? It's so old. It's like my it's wife's a teeny, probably. teeny, tiny phone. It doesn't even barely connect with anything. I just get texts on it. I finally, we finally ordered her a new one. It hadn't come in yet. But yeah, hers is like six or seven years old. Like, yeah. David has you have a flip phone? on there. Well, I thought about getting one of those. I think it would be easier. I asked for one. Yes. They still make them. You could, you I know. Could I've them. seen them. Yeah. Check them out. All right. Well, I'm going to thank our listeners for <laughs> for joining us and listening. And I would normally say I would see them in a couple of weeks. No, we're not. But no, we're, we're taking a break. Next year. We'll say see next, you next year. See you next year. Right back here on Here at Home. Let's have the uh, <laughs> the, the season in party now.